This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hey, Scuttlebutt Nation. Thanks for joining us tonight. I am Ro from the Scare Scuttlebutt Podcast, and I'm flying solo on this episode of the show. Shanti has been busy as a bee helping friends and popping up in streams all over the place, so you make sure that you look for her on new projects in the next couple of weeks, and make sure you check out our show on The Return of the Jedi next week as we all participate in this year's Star Wars Podcast Day 2023, it's a date that uh, that commemorates a whole bunch of Star Wars podcasts February 7th. It's a, a date that is pointed out as, uh, I guess it's the very first podcast back in the day. I can't remember the actual date, but uh, look up that history. It's an interesting thing. February 7th, everybody joins in on Star Wars Podcast Day. But the last couple of weeks... We've been dropping a little preview of one of our newest favorite podcast friends, Nickflix, and uh, we ask you what's in the queue. As you know, here at the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast, we love talking about movies, and if movies are your jam, then Nickflix is definitely a show you have to subscribe to. Coming soon, by the way, but in the meantime, we have none other than Nick joining me tonight, and we're going to be talking about what else? Movies. Nick. How's it going tonight, sir? Hey, man, doing good. Excited to talk about movies with you and not just have to do uh, a short <laughs> little like 45 second. Here's my thoughts on something. So I'm looking yeah. forward to this. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So your podcast has been coming, uh, has been a long time coming. I know we talked about this a while ago and you were still warming up to the idea. But what was one of the things that gave you that extra push to go ahead and start the ball rolling? Yeah, actually, uh, so you and uh, and uh, Shanti are are two huge supporters, and kind of gave me the confidence because it's funny, you know. I, everyone has like, you know, whether it's your spouse or like maybe your mom will be like, "Oh yeah, you should do this," and you're like, "Ah, you know, I don't know if you're just saying that because you always are going to think <laughs> the best of me." And then doing stuff with you and Shanti, and I've been on another podcast twice, so it was like, okay, I feel like I'm starting to get the hang of it. Um, but I was not confident in myself on the, on the, uh, technical side, as you kind of know from our (laughs) text messages back and forth. But, uh, I just figured I'm like, you know what, if there was a time to do it, it's now. And I I have very modest goals and expectations that I kind of just taking this, I'm kind of doing it by tens. I'm like, okay, can I get to 10 episodes? And then after that, can I get to another 10? And sure, just try to set smaller goals and hope that, hey, if I could get, you know, one to three new listeners an episode, uh, that's the, the biggest win for me. So it's like, okay, you know, just if, if I'm going to do it, let's do it now. Um, and I'm like, the nice thing is it's talking about movies. There's never going to not be movies to talk about. Well, yeah, we uh, we are certainly hope hoping so. Yeah, God, that would be bad. Uh, but that would definitely be bad. We, uh, you know, we usually talk about the movie going experience and how much we love that. But movies are definitely, you know, uh, a very nice thing in life. I guess um, you know they give us uh, they give us hope. They uh, kind of uh, show us inspiration. And uh, what else? You know, what what else can we say about movies? It's been it's it's awesome. It is. It is. And I I actually feel bad for people who don't enjoy movies uh, and are like, oh, I go to see like one movie every five years. I'm like, I could not imagine. But in here like that. And I'm a and I'm a huge Chicago sports fan. But it's like, man, if you had to tell me I had to give up one or the other, I'm like, I'd give up sports (laughs) because a it's a lot less stressful. But also it's like, man, I couldn't imagine just never going to the movie theater like it, it just it's so much fun, I think. Oh, so. yeah, absolutely. I just put up a um, 
a Twitter question asking people if they prefer going out to the movies on the big screen or watching movies at home. And, you know, obviously the, the majority of people really enjoy the movie going experience, but there's a few people that, um, that don't like going out to the movies and would rather see movies at home. Um, obviously the advantages are no interruptions, no sticky floors and, uh, you know, people around you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cheaper, (laughs) but there's something about just going out to a movie house with other people, strangers in most cases, um, that energy that just kind of, um, feeds you and it feeds your, your excitement. And I don't know, it just, it's something special. It really is. And I, you like, I put out that Twitter question about what's your favorite movie theater experience because to me there there's nothing like even if it's and I used Endgame because to me it was the most engaged a crowd has ever been to a movie that I've gone to um but there's something about especially I think comedies really are better with a lot of people around I think hearing other people laugh while you're laughing I don't know. It just makes a comedy hit different. I think for like superhero movies or any action movies, the big set pieces, it's just different when you're with a crowd. Now, I will say having two little kids, there is times where it's like, okay, you got to be a little more picky, choosy with what you want to go see. So I understand when some people are like, eh, that movie, you know, (laughs) it's going to be to like HBO Max in a month. It's like, okay, maybe I'll wait on that one. But generally... I, if you were like, hey, which would you rather do? It's it's to me, it's always go to the theater first would be my uh, answer. Yeah, absolutely. And I think somebody posted uh, a um, YouTube clip of one of the Avengers uh, movies. I, I'm not sure if it was Endgame or the original Avengers when they all kind of uh, pose together. They all come together and they basically said, you can't have this theater reaction at home. And then they played the uh, the clip in the theater. I mean, the uh, the applause, the wild oh, yeah. screams. You can't. You definitely can't get that at home for sure. It was that that one for sure will always stick with me because it was like every beat that movie was hoping to hit uh, with a crowd. It did, and it was just yeah, like yeah. Th- there's just something about seeing, especially a movie where you want to make sure you see it that opening night or weekend because you don't want it spoiled, which it's also the unfortunate part is because people will spoil something as soon as they get out of the theater, which is annoying. And uh, I've always been like, why why do you want to spoil something like that? You know, it's not like it's been out for five years and you're like, look, you haven't watched something in five years. That's on you. I feel like there is definitely a window of don't spoil it unless it's either a the person working on the movie or show has come out and said oh yeah here's what we're doing you know or it's been over at least a year where it's like hey if it's been on if it's been out for a year and you just haven't watched it that's kind of on you you got to be careful yeah for sure it's funny you know somebody posted that uh, the reason they don't like going to out to the movies is because of the people the food and the yelling and i'm like that's that's the biggest reason you go are you kidding me there's nothing better than like a (laughs) fountain drink and the popcorn and then like, you know, you maybe you, you get another snack uh, and then, yes, I, I will say like if someone's being, a, you know, loud w- in a movie where it's like, what what are you doing? Yeah, that but that to me, that has rarely happened. I've maybe been to like two movies where there was someone doing something where it's like, OK, do you just need to stop? Cause, right. Yeah. You know, we're trying to watch a movie, but. I mean, now I've I've seen too many great movies and had so many great experiences with people seeing them where it's like I, I wouldn't want to trade that in. Absolutely. I uh, no matter how good your home theater system is at home, I, I, I wouldn't trade uh, going out to a movie theater for for anything. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Even if it's a movie you've already seen a billion times, like when I <laughs> saw Jaws in the on IMAX, that was awesome. Right. And that theater. It was actually there was a decent amount of people there. And what was cool, there was a family behind me of like 12 people, all different ages, and they were into it. And it's almost like it's it's one of those movies where it's been out so long that I wouldn't be surprised if people were like talking through the whole thing. But no, everyone was kind of into it and having fun with it. Uh, And my wife said something very inappropriate that (laughs) I don't think she meant uh, in the moment, but I I definitely made me laugh at a part that wasn't meant to be funny. And I was like, oh, okay, well, uh, 
like we'll we'll save that for another another time but it definitely it, that that was one that was fun rogue one was fun to see again even though again saw that when it came out in 2016 um but yeah no th- there's just nothing like it and i i get it it's expensive to go and <laughs> You know, especially if you have a family, it, it's not the sure. cheapest night out. But to me, it's something where when my kids are older, I can't wait to be able to take them where they could actually sit and kind of gain the experience of what it's like to go to a movie theater. Yeah, 100 um, percent. So absolutely. You mentioned uh, Rogue One and 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? But first, before we get there, I wanted to tell um, our audience, uh, folks that are listening, a little bit about your project and what it is that you're going to be concentrating. I know we said movies, but um, can you get a little bit more specific yeah. about what your show is going to be? For sure. Yeah. So uh, specifically, Nick Flix will be uh, it, it's kind of a recommendation show in a sense, because I'm going to be focusing on generally, you know, two to four movies that span from I'll be conservative and say the sixties to now. Um, sometimes we might go a little older and sometimes it might only be, Hey, here's a movie from the eighties, nineties and two thousands. But what I would like to do is with, you know, hopefully with a guest, uh, or by myself, uh, talk about movies that are similar in themes or subject matters, but then also show kind of the differences of them uh, what makes them great, what what sets them apart for maybe other ones in their genre. In some genres, there's going to be part twos, threes, and fours because it's like, okay, there's so many to cover in this genre. Um, and then some episodes might just be, uh, uh, you know, like a, a dedicated to just an actor or a, a director. Um, but generally speaking, what I would like to do is take, uh, you know, a, a couple of movies that, that are very similar that – span that kind of time gap of you know 40 and 50 years um and the first one i'm recording will be uh my my episode uh, this is a spoiler alert for the name of the episode and if if you're going to listen to my podcast i'd recommend these four movies but it's going to be called back to school where me and and shanti are going to be talking about uh fast times at ridgemount high american pie super bad and book smart four different rated our high school movies that span four decades. So I'm very, I'm looking forward to that. I think it's a good first episode to talk about because who hasn't seen, you know, a, there's so many high school movies, but to me, I'm like, what, what better way than to start it off with four really good rated R high school comedies. Absolutely. That sounds like a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, uh, we uh, will definitely tune in. And like I said earlier, Shanti is, uh, she's popping up all over the place. I know she's, she's a busy woman. And I'm like, I'm, I'm just, it, it felt, I, I'm like, I have to have her as my first guest. She has been so huge in helping me. Um, and when, and I know her schedule is crazy. So I was like, you let me know when you're free and that's when we'll record. Cause I'm like, it would almost feel wrong to not have you not be my first guest. So <laughs> she's excited and, and I'm hoping to have you on too in the future so we can talk about some stuff. Probably not Star Wars since you talk enough about that. I think I'll have you on for uh, <laughs> a different topic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, any topic would be great to talk. Uh, like yeah. I said, we always love talking movies. There's no better name, and the day is coming soon when it will be unleashed. I've placed a weakness deep within the system, a flaw so small and powerful they will never find it. But Jen, Jen, if you're listening, my beloved, so much of my life has been wasted. I try to think of you only in the moments when I'm strong because the pain of not having you with me, your mother, our family. The pain of that loss is so overwhelming, I risk failing even now. It's just so hard not to think of you. Think of where you are. My stardust. You mentioned 2016 and uh, Rogue One. Obviously, uh, anyone that knows our show knows that we did get our name kind of from Rogue One, the Scarif podcast.
wanted to, uh, and you had posted earlier, I think it was uh, either today or yesterday, regarding movies of 2016, and um, I wanted to see if we can chat about that. Yeah, so, so it was kind of a, um, you know, I, 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 I hear a lot of people will say like, oh, you know, they don't make movies like they used to, or, oh, there's never anything out. But I actually think we've had a very good past decade. I do think people are maybe letting the pandemic kind of cloud their judgment on how movies were before 2020. But I do think the 2010s had a lot of good movies. So I just had posed the question, what do you think is the best year of the 2010s? And for me, kind of looking through all of them, I think it was 2016 probably has a the movies that I like the most or the ones I revisit the most from that year. Yeah, I'm looking at a list here and obviously I mentioned Rogue One, but there are a lot of movies that um Yeah, well, that for, are memorable. For like, yeah, for me, you know, some of the ones I like a lot that are you know, either popular or maybe like have a, a more of maybe like a cult following. Um, the Nice Guys, I think, is a very underrated good comedy with Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. Um, Hell or High Water, which is like one of my it became like one of my favorite movies of all time. It's not in my top 10, but it's kind of one of those where it's like that border top 15, top 20, because to me, it kind of came out of nowhere. I wasn't sure if I would like it a lot after watching the trailer. And then I don't know if you've seen that one, but that one to me was like just kind of the class of 2016 and, um, you know, Rogue One, which was great. Uh, Captain America Civil War, I think, was awesome because it was kind of the it was kind of the teaser to like this endgame and Infinity War, where it was like, oh, yeah, we're going to stick a lot of characters in this, uh, you know, and they kind of showed that you could introduce characters without having to do the traditional um, kind of backstory when they introduced Spider-Man and Black Panther, which was huge. Um so, yeah, those are just a couple uh, off the top of my head and, you know, looking at my list of the ones I really liked. Um, I don't yeah. know if it, what your thoughts are on some of the ones. But like I said, I think that for me was the year where I was like, OK, that's probably my favorite of that of that of the last 10 years. Yeah, 2016 had some really great movies. Um and you know, look looking at this list, and uh, some not so great ones. Uh, there's oh, yeah. X X Men Apocalypse. Um, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Every year, if you look at it, there's definitely a handful of bad. But that's pretty much any year ever in in movies. There will definitely be. But there there are some pretty atrocious ones too, where it's like, okay, if you you gotta, I, I always say, does the the bad outweigh, or does the good outweigh the bad? And I think for that year for me. But again, it's, it's tough. Cause there's definitely a couple years where I was like, man, that's a lot of good movies. Sure. So for me, it's almost a personal, like, well, which ones do you revisit the most? Um, and, and, you know, I didn't want to let like 2014, I think is a solid year. And as a huge guardians of the galaxy fan, I'm like, well, I can't let that one movie kind of outweigh the whole year, but I just think in its totality and with its mix of movies that 2016 had a good mix of dramas, comedies. Uh, it was, I think, a really good year for superhero movies. Um, sure. You know, Deadpool came out in February, which was huge. Uh, you had a movie like Arrival that was kind of the, uh, you know, like a smart science, like science, uh, science fiction thriller, alien movie. I don't understand what is your purpose here? How can you know the future? A, a movie that I recommend to everyone listening is called Everybody Wants Some. It's a Richard, Richard Linkletter movie. Uh, okay. And it takes place in the 80s. It's almost like a spiritual sequel to dazed and confused but it's it's just a movie that takes place over one weekend about a college baseball team and it's just a hangout movie but it's one that i think it's really funny uh it's got wyatt russell's in it glenn powell is in it uh there's not many big name actors it's a lot of lesser known people but it's just a good just throw it on enjoy it for an hour and 
you know, 30, 40 minutes. It's not very long, but it's a, it's just a solid kind of was one of those like surprise hit movies. I thought. Yeah. Um, you talk about comic book movies, suicide, suicide squad came out. Um, the, I think the, the original one and I actually yes. watched, watched it, uh, last month cause I had an HBO trial and um, because I had not seen any of the Suicide Squads, and um, I didn't think it was that bad. No, I think it was one that it was mismarketed for sure. Um, I think they were trying to capture the Guardians vibe, um, which had only come out two years before it, and I, I think it's a movie that there's parts of it I really do like. I don't think it's a good movie, but I also was like, okay, it's not it's not the worst. See, unfortunately for DC, that was kind of the cuz you also had Batman vs Superman, which right. had a, has such a mixed uh bag of either people seem to really like that movie or hate it. Um uh but it also a movie that I think, I mean, it was big for the MCU because I didn't have any expectations for it and really liked it was Doctor Strange, the first Doctor Strange. I, I, I really enjoyed that one, even though it was one that I had very low expectations for because, you know, it, it, it was tough because it's introducing a new character right in the kind of heart of when you're starting to get that build towards, you know, Thanos. And it's like, okay, you know, is this guy going to end up being important? And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, it makes sense. He actually, he's very important going forward. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, there's definitely for sure movies. Uh, it also has, I think, one of Disney's better animated movies of that decade is Zootopia. I think it's a very, very fun movie. Um, yeah. Uh, it wasn't, and it was Finding Dory was the Pixar one. And it was like, okay, I think it's when Pixar start started to have a little bit of a, a down, like started to go down in quality a little bit. Cause they were doing a lot of sequels. Um, but I was like, okay, you know, solid year for Disney. And then obviously good for Disney because, uh, all the biggest box office movies were Marvel and, and rogue one, <laughs> uh, and, you know, and Zootopia and finding Dory were all huge, uh, hits. And then a movie that kind of flew under the radar again, it came out, I believe in like January of that year was the founder with Michael Keaton as a big Michael Keaton fan. Oh I think yeah. That's the movie about Ray Kroc, uh, sure. who, who, uh, along with, uh, the McDonald brothers started McDonald's. And, uh, I think that's a good movie again, not, not a great movie, but, but a pretty good one. I thought Keaton was really good in it. This is not your company, Ray. Mac. Do you understand that? Mac, don't get upset. We came up with the speedy system, not you. Us? What have you ever come up with? Can you name one thing? You can't. And you never have, and you never will, because you are a leech, Ray. You are a professional leech. You know what I came up with, Mac? A concept. I came up with the concept of winning. Let me talk While you to two him. boys were content to sit back and be a couple of also rants. I want to take the future. I want to win. And you don't get there by being some aw shucks, nice guy, sap. There's no place in business for people like that. Business is war. It's dog eat dog, rat eat rat. If my competitor were drowning, I'd walk over and I'd put a hose right in his mouth. Can you say the same? But yeah, I mean, you know, there, was, there was a lot of movies that year. Yeah, you know, looking at this list, it does seem like a long time ago. You've got Jason Bourne in there. You've got Civil mm -hmm. War. Um, what are some of these other, wow, it's like, well, it, we're getting closer to it being a decade because yeah. it's 2023. So, I mean, we're closer to 10 years than we are to, you know, it just being a couple years. So yeah, I mean, it, it does seem like, uh, a long time ago. Um, and I, and that's when I was looking at like 2011, 2012, I was like, oh my God, I've forgotten some of the movies not that I've forgotten about them, but I'm like, I forgot they came out that long ago. It does. I, I, and I, I don't know if maybe the pandemic made because there was just no new movies for like a year, if it made everything else seem longer. But it definitely feels like there are certain movies where I'm like, I man, I can't believe that's already either 10 years old or eight years old or, you know, approaching 10. Like, it, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I, I got to tell you something about movies uh, during the pandemic and, uh, you know, during the time when there were no theaters that were open showing uh, new movies, there was a lot of things that were being streamed on the streaming services. Um, I think 
Andrew and I from Science Fictionary, we were talking about movies and and uh, we were just kind of just, you know, picking our, our best from last year or, or the year before during, you know, the last couple of years during the pandemic. And because we didn't go out to movie theaters, I just, you know, even though I did watch movies streamed, it just it didn't um, connect with me. I, I I couldn't name a new movie that I had seen because I relate movie uh, theaters so much with with movies. And I'm like thinking like, what the hell did I watch? I what did I do during the pandemic? It's so weird. Um, it's almost like I and I know this is silly, but it's almost like I don't count streaming movies as actual movies. If that no, makes sense, I, I totally feel you. I I think. Um, I, I'm kind of with you in that, and I think it's changed maybe a little bit, you know, now because part of it is like, okay, if you do miss the movie in theaters, it just is. Again, I look at where you are in life as sometimes is going to dictate how you how many movies you get to go see. So, but you, you do kind of feel that way though sometimes when you don't see a movie in theaters, and then you're like, oh, you know, when you're doing your best of list and. Even if you don't post it to social media, a lot of movie fans still are like, well, what was the ones I liked the most this year? And you you do tend to go to like, what did I see in theaters first? Sometimes get the edge because it's just different. You know, I think and especially then when streaming movies, you started to get a lot of streaming movies and just generally, I would say like what, maybe 60 to 70 percent of streaming movies are usually pretty bad um, or. You know, they're very average because there's a reason that the company doing them didn't think they were going to do well in theaters. Uh, and there does seem to be like a, a little bit of drop off in quality. But then you do get good streaming movies like Coda, you know, uh, yeah. I, 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 last year, which I don't know if, if no one if you haven't seen that, it's it's a great it's really funny. It was kind of one that really surprised me, but it was an Apple you know, an Apple TV plus movie. And I kind of get it. I mean, look, it's a movie where most of the cast is deaf. I could see why they were like, Hey, let's do this as a streaming movie. And it's great. You know? So I, I do think it, part of it depends on, well, what's the subject matter. Uh, but again, yeah, it, it, it does have a, it just, it does feel different. It's a weird, like intangible to say like, Oh yeah, I streamed it on HBO and it's in a made for, you know, it almost feels like a made for TV movie. Right. In a way. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, you know, I, I really cherish uh, my going out to the movie experience. So it's I, I, I still have this uh, disconnect when I watch movies streaming versus going out to the theater. Oh, for sure. All right, friends, time to say thank you and acknowledge all the wonderful souls that help keep the lights on over here at the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Team Scarif gives you all a heartfelt thanks. We're super lucky to have you. Big thanks to our executor tier patrons, Backyard Tardis, Nick Schaefer, a huge supporter of the Red 5 Network. Go support his channel and catch up on his adventures in locksmithing. Scott and Kim from the Used and Abused podcast, another Red 5 pod. Look for them on all the socials. Can't forget our other patrons, Rogue One Radio. Thank you, DJ. DJ Steve and Nicole. And check out Comics and Cosmetics. Danny's got some lovely takes on comics and uh, cosmetics. Go subscribe to her show. Our Miami pal, The Frank. What's up, Frank? And Joey Rosales, longtime supporter of The Scuttlebutt. Thank you, kind sir. Massive shout out to my co-host and mistress of the dark, Chantel of Scarif After Dark. And the ever so wonderful Belinda. Thank you so much. And I'm glad you're on this list. Big thanks to our other friends, Alex and Jay, and our resident classic Hollywood expert, one of our favorite collaborators, Melanie Marquita. Big hugs to you, my friend. Huge respect to all our patrons. And if you want to help us keep the lights on over here and enjoy the show, head on over to patreon.com slash scuttlebutt. Remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. It's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. Sixteen was the year of sausage party, if you remember yeah. that. <laughs> that that was one where I'm like, oh, that is. Uh, I, I can only imagine the parents who didn't <laughs> see the trailer and were like, oh, it's an animated movie. Right. Let's that movie does have some really funny joke. It, it's a very stupid movie, which they they know they're making, but it's also like there is some. 
surprising a actors who did voices and that like edward norton is a one of the main characters which is just crazy to think about but there is some really funny jokes and then there's some where it's like uh, it's just disgusting (laughs) (laughs) you know i'm looking at uh science fiction movies from 2016 um there's some movies in here that i have not heard of like i didn't even know that they did another independence day Independence oh, Day I'm gonna, okay. So that's going to be part of uh, the franchise topic I wanted to talk to you about because uh, we'll, we'll we'll save it if 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 you want to go that route and yeah, talk yeah. about because that that's on my list of movies I want to mention and. <laughs> For well, good what, let's, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, like I said, I didn't even know that that movie existed, but um, a second topic on your list was uh, we were going to talk about sequels that were horribly bad, uh, you know, um, based on their original, uh, like the original movie. Um, mm-hmm. What You wanted to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, uh, we were watching uh, Jurassic Park this weekend um, so for anyone who doesn't know, I had my gallbladder removed uh, on Wednesday, so I've been recovering and I wanted to watch new stuff, but I was also like, ah, you know, uh, the pain meds you're on kind of make you drowsy. So I was like, I'm just going to watch stuff I've seen a billion times. So if I fall asleep, no big deal. So I, I watched Jurassic Park, love that movie. And then uh, I was having a discussion with my wife about how that movie, when you look at that franchise how like if a Jurassic Park's like a 10 or a 9 or an 8, like whatever you think of it, most people tend to really like it. It's like the drop off, though, between that and this last one that came out is just so substantial. And and it makes me think of like these franchises like Jurassic Park. And then one of my other favorite movies is Jaws, which technically is a franchise. There's four Jaws movies, sure, but yeah. how those movies when you take the first one and then you look at everything that came after it, what a drop off it there is. And, and, and it gets me to thinking about how there's, there's certain franchises that start off with a first movie that really felt like the perfect one off. And I do think Jurassic park and jaws are two great examples of Spielberg doing the movie and being like, Oh man, you just made this, this great classic of whatever genre you want. And, it's this huge smash hit, but then because it's so successful, studios being like, "Well, then we got to make a Jaws 2. And Spielberg's like, "Yeah, I don't want to do a Jaws 2. And yeah, you that, know, that's, they, that's that's called a cash grab, exactly. <laughs> but but there's there's these clear as day where, like, even Spielberg kind of tricked himself into wanting to do the Lost World, and and I actually enjoy the Lost World, but I will admit, like, okay, look, it's not a good movie, but I do think it's Compared to like the crappy uh, uh, big budget movies, I still think it's still well made. It's just not it's not good. And and you could tell and in, in having listened to I won't claim to have read it. It's a very long book, but I've listened to both Jurassic Park and the Lost World books and the Lost World feels like the author who they told that you have to make this. We, we need you to write this book. It feels like a book where he's like, I don't want to write this. And it's like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll write a sequel to a book that I clearly was meant to be one and done. Um, and it, it, and those are two franchises where you just look at them and go, yeah, clearly a they're cash grabs. Then Jurassic world comes out and it's like, oh, you could try to do something different. And I like the first Jurassic world, but again, I could admit where there's definitely, it's, it's a cash grab nostalgia. There's parts that really work and there's parts that really don't. And then everything after it has just been like, Oh wow. If you thought like lost world and Jurassic park three took a, a a deep nose dive and it's like, Oh, nothing after Jurassic world has even been, I think close to like the lost world in quality, which is saying something. So, um, I just thought I'm like, you know what, maybe other franchises where you look at like the first movie and go, wow, that one's really good. And then everything else is bad. And when you mentioned Independence Day Resurgence, which is the sequel to Independence Day, again, a great example of a movie that a didn't need a sequel and B, you could just tell everyone involved was like, yeah, well, you're going to pay me a lot of money to be in this 
crappy action movie, sure, I'll do it. And Jeff Goldblum, I love him, but it's like you could tell he's like, oh, whatever, I'll. He's, he's there I'll, for the check. He's there for the check. You know, Judd Hirsch, it's like, yeah, sure. Well, you couldn't get Will Smith and you, and, you know, spoiler alert, they kill his character off. Uh, you know, you find out it's, oh, here's his son and he's been dead for all these years. And uh, you could just tell the way the movie is that you're like, man, how did they think? that this was a good movie that's one if you watch that it's it's as bad as people like whatever the ratings were for it which is pretty bad that's too funny you know um recently i bought a used copy of superman 3 (laughs) and uh because i i i think i you know the the one thing about that particular um film was i remember christopher reeve doing uh just a great great um evil superman and i remember that fight in the junkyard um i really i think i really enjoyed it if i'm thinking hopefully i'm thinking the right one but um yeah richard pryor in a superman movie um it's kind of uh, <laughs> weird to think okay guys let's go i was afraid you'd say that i, I was thinking about taking the bus well you suit yourself Say, does your boss have a computer in this operation? Yeah, he, he got a little bitty one about that big. Well, you tell him he could do a lot worse than to give Gus Gorman here a job. Wow, thank you, sir. Take care. I'll see you around. You know, you can also go, let's go back uh, to the Blues Brothers. And mm-hmm. uh, you also had uh, Blues Brothers 2000, 1998, yeah. which was also which kind a, of uh, a I mean, talk sequel. about Yeah, talk about cash grab. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know why they did that one. And that one was so far past the original. Like, I'd, I'd understand if, if John Belushi would have been alive – And let's say that his career, like, let's say he was where Dan Aykroyd was in the late nineties where it's like, everyone knows him, but maybe, you know, he's not the, he's not like a box office type star, which not that Aykroyd ever was, but like Aykroyd in the comedic community, especially was had like a good, a good presence. Um, But by 1998 or 99, when that came out, I was like, okay, he, like his star was fading a little bit, which happens with comedic actors as they get older. They kind of go with the, I always think like a, com- a comedian's career really ebbs and flows. It's like they're either on top, then they're on the bottom. And then they kind of you kind of see where you could reinvent your image a little bit. And that movie just felt like it was weird because, you know, like I love the first Blues Brothers, but that's not really like a movie that I think is as like marketable of a sequel that many years past the original as maybe they thought it was it's just a very that one's an odd you're you're right about that that one is a very odd um you almost feel like if there wasn't a blues brothers 2000 that maybe like with so many streaming shows they would have tried like a prequel show to that where you could see jake and elwood like when they were younger right like something like that maybe but yeah that the blues brothers 2000 is a very weird uh sequel movie that again you know, I'm not sure what they were trying to accomplish there. Yeah, but you know, one of the things that I always argue um, with uh, with folks on on Twitter is uh, people have to remember that movie making is a business. And I know, you know, it's it's here to entertain you, but you know, usually studios, if they see uh, an IP that's doing well, you know, they are uh, planning on the next one. Um, Very true. It's it's all about uh, making some more money, selling more tickets. And putting more people in seats there to watch the movie. So, uh, yeah. Well, the, ha- the Hangover is a, a great example. I think sure. the first Hangover is a classic. And then two and three are like clearly, I mean, two is basically a retread just done in, you know, Japan or Tokyo. I forget where they were at in that one. And then the third one is just really bad. And and again, it's one where it was so successful. And then the director, it's like, you want to, let's do another one. And you're like, yeah, we're going to you know, Cooper and Ed Helms and Zach Galifianakis's careers are blowing up. So I'm sure they made a lot of money to do them. And yeah, you're definitely right. I mean, uh, a lot of times these ones are, well, this, does this IP work? And if it does, let's make a lot of sequels. And you right. kind of see when it fails miserably, like a Caddyshack 2, where you try to do a sequel to a kind of a, again, a popular, but kind of a cult hit at the time. I think 
a movie like Caddyshack grows over time and it's not like a, a necessarily a hit right away. But then Caddyshack 2 is terrible. I mean, there's really <laughs> there's really no redeeming part of that movie. So it's like, OK, you see when they try an IP and then they're like, OK, let's scrap it now. We're not going to touch this again. Like there's some of them are just clearly meant to be one offs and it works sure. for that reason. And then they're yeah. done. Yeah, you know, there are even sequels of uh of popular movies that the studios, you know, force on on you and force on um actors as well. Take a look at Speed 2. Mhm. Okay. You know, they got uh, Sandra back in the uh bus uh bus seat, but uh couldn't get Keanu Reeves in it. No, there's a there's a post here in uh, IMDb that said Keanu Reeves was so damn cool in the first flick, but Jason Patrick, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at the time, I just, uh, um, I didn't respond to the script. I really wanted to work with uh, Sandra Bullock and and uh, I just, you know, I really loved playing Jack Travis. Oh. You know, I love speed. And it was like, okay, a bus. Okay, we're going. But now it's on an ocean liner. <laughs> yeah. Speed ocean liner. No. Speed Not feeling ocean liner. Yeah. But anyway, but it was really just the, t- the time in my life and, and where, where the script was and stuff. I, It wasn't against any of the artists that I, you know, involved with the project but um at that time i'm sure we've all had this kind of feeling sometimes when things just don't feel right and yeah and that was that was how i was feeling yeah well that's why it's funny when uh something like that fails miserably and then you see like you know, uh, you see like a, something like Top Gun Maverick. It's kind of what's was so amazing about what that accomplished cuz usually sequels to a movie that are that far uh a big of like with that big of a gap between the first and the second usually are either really bad or you're like okay it's just pure nostalgia and if you enjoy it great but don't expect an actual good movie um you know and and because i know there was like coming to america 2 which which I haven't seen and I've heard some people like parts of it and you know the first coming to America is a great classic especially it launched Eddie Murphy into a superstar. You know what? That's a um, movie that I watched twice on um, on Prime and it, it's actually pretty good. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Okay, yeah, I, I've I've heard more people like it, especially they're like there's definitely some jokes in it that are very good. And you know um, who steals the show as usual uh, lately is Wesley Snipes. Yeah, I've heard he's very oh, funny yeah. in that. Um, it's, it's one I would like to check out, but, but that one's not so much an, an egregious one, but like, you know, like I love the first dumb and dumber and I was very excited for dumb and dumber two, And then like after the first couple trailers, it's like, Oh, I just know this is not going to be good. <laughs> and I went and saw that in theater and it was like, Oh God, they just, you know, it, it's almost like you're writing this and you want to do something special with the people you're bringing back. But then you're like, well, they were so stupid in the first movie. Now we got to make them exaggerated even more. And you know, the actors, it's been so long that it's like, okay, maybe they're just like, well, we'll go over the top because, oh, well, it's a dumb and dumber movie. It's, you know, but it was great seeing Carrie and Jeff Daniels together together again, but it's like, oh man, it's, I wish they almost would have just been like, Let's have them return and do a completely different movie. It's not Dumb and Dumber. They're playing completely new characters, but we're going to reunite them together again. You know, try something like that instead of a a really bad sequel. Um, I'm going to ask you this a little bit of trivia. In your opinion, what do you think that uh, could be argued as the worst sequel of all time? Ooh, um, oh man, that is tough. Uh, well, I will say this Independence Day Resurgence is on the list. Uh, that, that movie there is, I've, I've tried rewatching it and every time it's like, uh, I, I, a, it looks for a big budget movie. It looks terrible. It's like one of those where clearly the CGI, like when I hear people complain about Marvel CGI, I'm like, go watch Independence Day Resurgence. It's, 
it's it's just <laughs> god awful on every level. I didn't um, I didn't even know it existed. I know. Well, but that's the thing. I remember the first trailer and I got really excited because I was like the first trailer showed very little and it kind of gave more of the first vibe. And then in the second trailer, they showed Jeff Goldblum on a bus with kids and Judd Hirsch and they're running from a giant alien. And I was like, oh, never mind. And right as soon as that one, that trailer hit, I didn't see it in theaters because I was like, oh, God, this just. And then every commercial for it leading up to it, it kept showing how bad it was. And it was like, oh, please stop. Um, <laughs> so that that for me would be there. But, uh, you know, like pu- like the public. You know, like what's the public sentiment for the worst sequel ever? Here's a random one. I think Rocky Five, which is the Street Fighter yeah. Rocky, I think might be on that list. But I don't know because there's some really bad yeah. ones. So this is uh, this is what I got. It's uh, people are saying that Grease Two is the worst sequel. Of oh all time. yeah, that's. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty bad, but, it, you know, for for young, young lads and even older <laughs> lads watching that movie, it does have a young Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer. It's got that redeeming Absolutely. quality. Yeah. In it. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, man, that's a I mean, yeah, that's a pretty bad one. That's that's a good answer. I wouldn't argue it, but I also I mean, the you know, the the list of bad sequels is probably miles and miles yeah. long um, because also is it a bad sequel where it's a one to two or is it like the number three or four? Sure. Because like I look at a franchise like alien and the first aliens, a classic, the second alien while way different than the first is, is a classic. And then three and four are right. really bad. Right. Um, and there's also a lot of behind the scenes of like the studio changing stuff. And um, so it's almost like, you know, is it a straight sequel or is it part of a series? Cause um, I think that that definitely plays into plays into it as well. And um, but yeah, no, that's a good one. Yeah. Grease, too. I don't think anyone that's on anyone's list for like favorite. Movie. What? Let me ask you, what uh, what is the one franchise that has the most movies? Um, well, I mean, well, here, I won't count the Marvel MCU right, because yeah, yeah. technically that's like a universe. So if I did you just do franchise, wouldn't it be? Ooh. I was going to say Star Wars because there's nine, uh, well, 11 when you count Rogue One and uh, and Solo. But I'm thinking maybe it's like Jason Voorhees. Yeah, I was, was going to say like the a- Jason movies. Or what about um, what the race? those racing movies with uh, Vin Diesel? Oh, oh, yeah. Well, I think Fast 11 comes out this right. year. I think it's so, Fast 11. So, yeah, that might be. It's got to be which, up there. You want to talk about like the difference of how crazy a movie gets from oh, yeah. one to where it is now. Sure. The first <laughs> the first movie, they're just stealing DVD players <laughs> is like they're a street gang stealing DVD players. And like and now they're in space you know, or some shit. And now they're yeah. in space and working with the government. And it's like, wow. Don, what's happened? Something I hope I'm wrong about those movies but they're i mean they are they are a franchise though that is so bankable you just know it's going to make close to a billion dollars and it could be the dumbest movie ever and they're gonna make that much money. absolutely yeah um let's uh conversely let's uh let's hit the other end of the spectrum there are movies that are out that come out you know one-offs that are fine and then the sequel to that movie comes out, and it's a lot better than the original film. Um, obviously, being in uh, sitting in a Star Wars room, uh, I can name The Empire Strikes Back as an example. Mm-hmm. But um, what other films are like that um, that that you enjoy? Um, well, uh, one that uh, in the MCU that that happened, I think. Early on was Captain America Civil War or not Civil War. Sorry, um, Captain America Winter Soldier. When you compare that to the first Captain America, I think a lot of people, especially critically, was like, oh, this is a a a, a way different movie, but way better than the first. Um, I think Spider-Man sometime like Spider-Man to Spider-Man 2 um kind of had that where people like spider-man and then i remember spider-man 2 being huge uh because i was 
I'm 33 now and I was in middle school when that one came out. I remember like the marketing for Spider-Man two was just like that movie was, was humongous. Um, I think people argue the Godfather part one and two kind of back and forth where some people prefer the, fr- I mean, either one is, is and, and great, that, but I, I, I've heard people argue. Yeah. That Godfather two. Um, I'm looking at lists here on, on the internet and it, the Godfather part two is on every single list. Yeah. I, I think it's one of the most popular, but, but you know, sticking with superheroes, the dark Knight. I think the dark yeah, Knight. Yes. that's an easy, yeah. you know, best sequel over the original. Um, Terminator 2 that's a popular one I I mean really James Cameron you could argue his two biggest like franchise movies Terminator and now Avatar and Alien though I'll say this I think Alien and Alien 2 is a hard one because they are different films basically two different genres that it's it's almost like you you don't need to like the other to enjoy right. the other like I but this, so that one's tough but yeah definitely Cameron I, and I haven't seen Avatar the way of water but for most people have said it's better than the first so it's another sequel that you know Top Gun Maverick I think if you're looking at Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick objectively that Top Gun Maverick's a a much better yeah. movie. Uh, <laughs> I think the first Top Gun is the first Top Gun is a very eighties movie where it's like that's. Uh, it's a good movie, but it's definitely a very like, oh yeah, if you saw that when you were like a teen, you know, or in your early twenties, it's probably better than if you saw it if you were like fifty in the eighties when that you know when when it came out. But that's probably on there. Um, I guess here's a, a one that I don't know if you're a big Lord of the Rings fan. How how do you rate those? Because I've only seen each one. I liked all three of them, but I've only seen each one of those once. And I've heard people debate which one of the three they like the most. Um, and I, I've definitely heard people say it's the greatest trilogy or or one of the greatest. Yeah. But I think that one that one, I'm, I think there's more fan debate about and I could be wrong, but more fan debate about which one's the best of the three. Um, but, yeah, definitely like the Dark Knight Empire Strikes Back are two really those are like the layups. It's like, yeah, I think those objectively and just by most fans would say those are like the best sequels over the original. Yeah. Um, I also have heard that description about the Lord of the Rings. It's the greatest trilogy um, ever put to film. Uh, you also have, uh, you know, folks are talking about Blade Runner 2049. Oh yeah. Well, and, and Blade Runner is an interesting one. Cause that, cause that the, the first Blade Runner is really kind of like a cult classic. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, and I think 2049, it's almost like you could do if, if the first Blade Runner had like the technology of now, maybe it's a little bit different. Um, uh, but yeah, no, that would be one where I, I mean, I would say I like 2049 more, but I also, I've only seen the original Blade Runner like twice. And I think which which version there's like seven versions out. (laughs) So I've seen I think I saw the yeah, see, that's the problem, too. There's so many versions of that one. Um, So, yeah, that one. But I could I could definitely buy that. I mean, uh, I'm trying to think of what other. You know what other? Well, for me personally, I think Toy Story 2 is better than the first. Yeah, that's on the list, Um, too. But I also think I also think that movie as much as maybe four, I know people liked it. And while it's not like a favorite of mine, I think that's maybe one of the best was one of the best trilogies up until four was toy story one, two and three. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think like other sequels that Indiana, Indiana Jones and the last crusade. So now are we, are we doing one to two or are we doing in a series of movies? Cause that's, that's definitely different. Yeah. Um, um, and that's but, also debatable cause, cause, too. I mean, you know, Razors of the yeah. Lost Ark is such a classic, it's such a wonderful movie. Um, but yeah, I mean, people, yeah, that's a, that's that a is, tough one. Cause also, uh, Te- Temple of Doom is technically a prequel because it takes place before right, 1935 versus 1937, 1935. But it, it's, it's one of the most baffling, um, like marketing is that they didn't, if you didn't remember the year right. that 
Indiana Jones takes place. Then you wouldn't know, really. I, I, I've, yeah, you wouldn't know, like, like to for any of its faults, you knew the, the Star Wars movies were clearly years and years and years before, like the prequel trilogy right. to the sure. original trilogy. So it's like, okay, you know there's a big gap. But like in, it, it, um, in Temple of Doom, I feel like they... Maybe we're like, but and maybe the audiences were different then. But I, I think to be like, oh yeah, we're just gonna put in the title card that it's this year in the '30s, not this year. And it's like, oh well, yeah, that that's that's assuming a lot from your crowd. Um, assuming assuming that they can read. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and assuming that they rem- of all the things in Indiana Jones to remember is the, is, right. is what year it took place. Yeah, too funny. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's a good one though. That's, I would say like on those lists, it's probably a lot of the same for, sure. for people. Um, you know, I, I know like some people like Rocky four the most, even though I think it's, it's definitely not the best Rocky movie. Uh, but it, it definitely has some of the best montages. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's, that's a good one because it, you could definitely categorize it from like one to two or as a series. Um, but yeah, no, I, I would think I I think definitely like Godfather 2, T2, you know, uh, uh, Empire, Dark Knight and now Top Gun Maverick, that those are probably some of the better sequels. Sure. Um, you know, and I guess you could do the same thing. Another another good one for down the road would be remakes. You know, those are usually there's very few. Yeah, there are very few remakes. Um, I, I really can't think of. I mean, you know, sometimes remakes, the word remake is uh, treated like a four letter word. I, I again, you yeah. know, just off the top of my head, I really cannot uh, think of a remake that was uh, better than the original. The one the one that I always think of is a 310 to Yuma. I do think the remake, but, but again, Oh yeah. That's also back when they were making so many Westerns that I think, I think you got to be like picky and choosy of which Western you would want to remake. Um, but also I, I, you know, I, I saw someone had posted a thing about, you know, instead of remaking great movies, remake bad movies, but that have good source material. And I'm like, that oh, yeah. would be make them better. Yeah. Yeah. Make make bad. Mo- there's there's plenty of bad movies that I bet you if you remade them, people that I, I always feel like even a bad movie, there's there's something good in it that you could try to get from it. Um, and a lot of times, unfortunately, movies get ruined by the studio because it's a lot of cooks in the kitchen and. You know, the, there's always going to be movies that probably in a script read really well, and then you start filming it, and you're like, "Oh, this it just this doesn't is translate." Not what I pictured, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we both went to Columbia. We've read plenty of scripts where you'd read a script and go, "Man, that actually sounds really good," and then the movie. Right. I think the biggest one I remember is Jennifer's Body. Was we read the script for that, and I was like, "Damn, that's a really funny, good script," and then. They took what should have been this style of this movie. I think if Jennifer's body was made now, you would actually get the script version of it. And it would be like a a like horror classic. And instead it was a oh, this is a crappy PG-13 just excuse to use Megan Fox and do like sexy (laughs) stuff with her in a movie. Yeah. Well, got to sell the tickets, as I said. Yeah. That is awesome. Um, yeah, movies. And uh, we just love movies. Uh, we just love talking about movies. Um, Nick, this uh, this has been really a, a really great uh, little discussion here about uh, sequels that suck. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 2016. Um, yeah, I'm going to go have to I'm going to have to go back to the drawing list here and uh, check out some of these movies because uh a lot of these look interesting, um, and I don't remember them. But yeah, um, you know, excellent it's, stuff. It's a good time to revisit it. So, <laughs> absolutely, Nick. Thank you so much for joining me tonight here on the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Any last words on these films that we've been talking about? Uh no, man. Just it was fun to get to discuss these, and yeah, uh, look for that. You know, my Netflix podcast will be launching within the next you know, a couple, couple weeks to like, like I said, end of February, early March. So just making sure I have a few 
uh, I's dotted and T's crossed before, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to, to get going on this. Excellent. And we are excited to have you, uh, release your episodes and listen, and, uh, we'll definitely, uh, tell our people about it and, uh, help spread the word. Thank you, man. You guys, you guys are great. So I appreciate it. So if you guys uh, are listening to the show for the first time, thank you for finding us wherever you download your other favorite podcast. We are part of the Red 5 Network. Check out the rest of the content creators, whether it's YouTube or audio only, over at red5network.com or visit the bio link, which is bio.link slash red5, the number five. Uh, But if you guys want to leave us a voicemail and talk about movies or uh, mention any of the movies that we uh, talked about, sequels that suck or sequels that don't suck, leave us a voicemail right on the Scare of Scuttlebutt hotline, 773-234-8659. Operators are standing by, as they say. But why don't you go ahead and save that number in your Rolodex if you still have one of those things. Until next time, this is Ro and Nick signing off from the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. And that's the Scuttlebutt. listener just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the red five network family red five network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love so the next time you're itching for quality content make sure you head over to red five network.com you'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more all wings report in it's the red five network <laughs>